Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Lisa Hilton. A little bit about Elisa. She is the founder of lisahilton.com and a real estate investing company that provides opportunities for entrepreneurs and business owners to invest in tax-efficient real estate investments. She is also the host of the Level Up REI podcast, which airs every Tuesday and the first Thursday of each month for conversations with passive investors. Lisa is a CPA with approximately 10 years of audit experience from PricewaterCooperhouse and four and a half years as a controller on private equity real estate funds at Los Angeles investment firm. So welcome to the show, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Lisa. Um, if you want to please share you know, a little bit more about your background and how you got started in real estate, that would be wonderful. Yeah, totally. So I am originally from the Cayman Islands and uh, my dad was a contractor. He built approximately 14 apartment units. So I grew up doing property management, collecting rent, writing receipts, selling quarters for people to go wash their clothes and cleaning up when uh, people would move and we would have turns. So that's my start in real estate investing. And it was a lot of work. And to be honest, it was not something that I saw myself doing. <laughs> um, so my parents was really big on going to college, going to school, getting a really good job. So they sort of pushed that. However, my father was diagnosed with a brain tumor when I was in middle school. And as a result of that, he was also the, the main breadwinner of our family. And that caused a lot of changes in my family. So because of that, he could no longer work. And my mom, you know, had to continue to take care of us. And because he had made those investments, that enabled myself and my two younger siblings to still go to school and then eventually go to college. When I was a junior in college, my father passed away. And uh, yeah, so today we still have those apartments. My mom takes care of them in terms of property management and maintenance. And yeah, so so that's pretty much how, you know, the beginning of my journey. I then purchased my first real estate property in my early 20s when I was living in Cayman. And I bought it because everyone was buying. And it was like, you know, in your early 20s, it's like, oh, yeah, you should buy a house. You should buy a house. Like, why not? And I bought a place and I bought it because I loved it, found this place, loved it, and then quickly realized it didn't cash flow. So the first year it broke even. And then every year after that, for a total of six years, it lost money. Um, and I lived and came in the first year that it broke even. And then the next four years I was living in Boston. And then uh, about a year or two after I moved to LA is when I finally sold it after getting a thousand dollar check or bill in the email for the AC breaking down and it came in, it's super hot. So AC is mandatory. <laughs> so yeah, I saw that check and I said, you know what, this has got to go. So I sold the property, took a little bit, but it sold. And once it sold, I was like, no more real estate, no more. 
And a year after that, I say that the universe has a sense of humor because a year after that, I ended up taking a job working for the uh, real estate investment firm, uh, the private equity real estate investment position as a controller. And uh, yeah, from that experience, I was like, oh my goodness, it totally changed the, you know, the way in which I saw things. Um, and then that's how I ended up getting back into real estate. Oh, and then so from there, you know, once you've made that mindset shift. Oh, and actually really quick before before we get into that topic there, I just want to say, you know, your father, I'm sorry for your loss, by the way, um, you. of your father, but what a great legacy that he has left for you and your family, you know, yes. developing the 14 units and then being able to keep that and then cherish, you know, what he had built from the ground up for you guys. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. For sure. Because I'll even add one more thing to that. Like when he built those apartments, they were, the area was not yet developed yet. So it really had to take a lot of vision to be able to say, you know what, I'm actually going to come into this area that's not yet developed to buy land and then to also then to, you know, build these apartments. So yeah, definitely teamwork, you know, both him as well as my mother being able to work together to make this stuff come true. So yeah. So once you got into that, uh, once you realized that real estate was a good investment, like what did you do from there? Sure. So great question. When I started at um, my last job that I had, there was a girl who was there and she was leaving. I started and a month after I started, she left. And I remember before she left, she said to me, she was like, it's going to take you six months to figure out what you're doing. And then another six months to figure out whether you like it or not. I said, wow, got it. And in that second six months, she was right. I realized I could do the work, but this was not where I was going to stay for the rest of my life. So I needed to build the next chapter. And I started learning about real estate just there by doing, you know, taking care of the books for all of these funds. And I said, you know, wow, like people are actually making money investing in real estate. So how do I, how do I do this? So I started reading all the books and listening to all the podcasts. And, you know, at first I was like, okay, I live in Los Angeles. Maybe I could buy a duplex. And I looked at the duplexes and everything is like one point something million dollars. And then when you buy the one point something million dollar duplex, you need to find money to put more money into it. And I was like, wow, that's just too much. It's way out of my league. And then the next thing I thought about, okay, well, maybe I could do turnkey out of state. So I started investigating all the out of state turnkeys. I flew to Alabama, Detroit, looking at turnkeys. I just couldn't pull the trigger because my earlier experience with that property that didn't cash flow just Ah, oh, it just didn't feel right. <laughs> so I came back and I was still working at the firm and still, you know, going on. And sometime in late 2018, a friend of mine, uh, no, I went to this personal development program and I met a lady, you know, who was into real estate investing. And I was like, you know what, how, you know, at first I, I knew a little bit, but I just sort of figured she was like doing turnkeys. Sometime in 2019, I was taking a staycation and I found her business card and I said, you know what, let me give her a call and sort of see like what, you know, how she met, like, what's her role in real estate? Like, how does she play in real estate? And that's when I found out she was a real estate syndicator. 
And I said, wow, I had no idea that there were people out there that could buy these large apartment units and all these other commercial real estate properties. And I want to say a year before that, I was asking, I'd went out to lunch with some of my colleagues as well as the auditors. And I remember saying to them, you know, I would love to invest in self-storage. Does anyone know anyone that invests in self-storage? And everyone looked at me like I had multiple heads. And I said, okay, maybe not. (laughs) Um, And then I met her and I realized that what I was asking was possible. And yeah, and from there, I made my first investment in 2019. I did two investments in 2019, two in 2020, and one here in 2021 so far. But yeah. And all those were passive investments? Yes. So five passive investments and one GP investment. for an Atlanta property in, for a multifamily property in the Atlanta area. And that was in also in 2019 and that property is now sold. So yeah. Awesome. And so, you know, when you met that lady and you had her card and you decided to make that that phone call to her to find out a little bit more about what she does, after you had that conversation with her, did you like jump in and just said, this is amazing. I'm going to just invest right now. Or did you do some, <laughs> did you do some other like research afterwards or like, what were the steps that took, that you took afterwards to be able to make that decision to go ahead and invest um, in a syndication? Yeah. Great question. So a couple of things happened. One, you know, I learned more about her business um, and like how it worked. And at the time, she did have a deal that she was working on. So I then looked at the deal that she was working on. And I liked the deal, did some more research. So I did research on who the sponsors were. I looked at the deal itself to look at, okay, where's this deal located? And I liked the market that it was located in. And then lastly, I looked at the return profile. And I said, okay, you know, Based on what I understand about these types of investments, does this return profile look reasonable based on um, the business plan for this one? You know, does it look reasonable? This was definitely at the beginning of my journey. So this is like my first one that I invested in. So these days I do a bit more stuff as well. But uh, yeah, for that particular one, that's what I did. And then ultimately I said, you know what? I had known her for about six or seven months at that point. And, you know, I felt fairly comfortable with her. So I said, you know what, I'm willing to take the risk because investing is taking a risk. Yes. (laughs) For sure. So, yeah. And so when you made that investment with her and, you know, you, you had a a negative experience when you were uh, investing in the single family um, and the rental in Cayman Islands, Um, did you correlate those two together or how did you differentiate and how did you, you know, see the difference between what you were doing as an investing as a passive investor versus running your own um, rental property? Yeah. Great question. So definitely these correlated in the sense that when I was going into that rental property, I didn't think about returns and I didn't really run the numbers properly. Uh, Whereas in the case of going into that particular, the first deal, that syndication, I felt that one, actually being able to see the returns was like so much, like it just felt a little bit more comfortable, even though I now know that the returns that you see on the offering memorandum is, isn't necessarily, it isn't guaranteed. And many times some properties can outperform and then some can even underperform as well. 
It just really depends on what happens. Uh, and to be honest, this property actually did underperform in terms of what, because when it went through COVID, so in 2020, we, the property was unable to execute a lot of the business plan that they wanted to do. So as a result, they, I could see on the P&Ls that they would provide on a quarterly basis that the NOI was actually going into the negatives. Uh, so they then ultimately sold the property in early 2021 for the gain of like, I think it was 25 or 30%, uh, 30% gain for that particular one. Uh, so at the end of the day, they were able to preserve people's capital and then also give some gain on that investment. But yeah, like looking back, if I could have done anything differently, like, you know, I feel like the, the investment could have been a strong one. But obviously with COVID and not being able to execute on the business plan, I feel like that really did hurt uh, the ability for that investment to deliver on returns. And in 2020, you mentioned that you had also invested in a couple of other syndications. Yeah. And, you know, during that time, everybody was kind of going under COVID and things were in sure. flux. Sure. Um, what was, what gave you the confidence to invest in, um, continue to invest in syndications? Yeah, great question. Um, a couple things. The first one was asset classes. And the second, yeah, I would say asset classes and operators. So, I did one more multifamily in 2020. Um, that was earlier in the 2020 year, which was in the beginning of COVID. That one was definitely more of a long-term play. So it's like a seven-year hold and it's also like an A-minus asset. So for me, like I saw it as very much a long-term hold as opposed to something that is generating heavy-duty cash flow. It's more of like an appreciation play more than it is a cash flow slash appreciation play together, if that makes sense. And then my second property that I invested in was an industrial property, and that was in the fall. And that was a sale lease buyback. And, you know, once again, getting comfortable with the sponsor on that particular deal, diversifying out of multifamily, diversifying into a new market uh, as well, because that one was in, is in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. And this one also has more of a cash flow play than an appreciation play. So to date, I have invested in a class A minus, a B, I've also, yeah, B plus, B, and C. So in terms of multifamilies, I've done the entire <laughs> range, I feel at this point. So having done that, I also have a keen sense of where I am in my journey right now from an investing perspective and what is the best type of investment for me going forward. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, 
and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And for those sponsors that you're investing with, you know, how did you meet them and how did you, you know, determine that you were going to invest with them? Yeah, all through referrals, all through referrals. So it's all like, I know someone who then knows someone else who then presents me this opportunity through a relationship that I have with them. So that's pretty much like how I meet a lot of sponsors. The second thing is I have a podcast, so I meet a lot of sponsors through that too, because I will ask them to be on my show or they'll contact me to come on my show. So that helps me in terms of building relationships. However, when I'm investing with a sponsor for the first time, some of the things that I like to do is I like to figure out, like I like to do my own independent research on them. So I'll ask them, you know, hey, like, what's your track record? Sometimes I don't even need to do that because their stuff is on their website. So you can like go on there and you can sort of see. And sometimes they even provide it, which is awesome. That's the one thing. Second thing is I will, as I see sponsors out there, I will also sign up to be on their email list. So then I'll start getting like email investment deals from them, even before I'm ready to make any investments. And I like that because I get to see how they communicate about their deals, the kind of information that they provide in terms of helping people to get educated about their deal. Like, are they, you know, doing like an underwriting video Are you know, what do they have like a Dropbox that shows like all the different reports and stuff that is connected to that deal. That's for me, it can be very helpful as an investor, as I'm thinking about deploying capital to be able to look at all these different things, especially now when, you know, I underwrite and like, so for me, like having that additional stuff is really helpful. So yeah, so doing those kinds of things, also listening to them, having a conversation with them, listening to the way they do their webinars uh, to determine, you know, a combination of that in addition to looking at the deal as well as the market. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And so um, for you, Lisa, what is your current focus? Yeah. So currently right now, my focus is multifamily. Um, I like recession resistant real estate in general. So I do like multifamily, self-storage, mobile home parks and ATMs. However, my focus is multifamily. Uh, the other three are potentially other asset classes that I will eventually invest in as I go along as a passive investor and potentially, you know, on the active side as well later on in the future. But uh, for right now, that's my focus. And then being able to work alongside operating partners. So I, I typically build a lot of strategic partnership with operators uh, who are on the ground in, you know, the key states, Atlanta, you know, the Carolinas, North Florida, those areas to partner with them in terms of providing, you know, investors, uh, exposure to assets that they might have and opportunities that they might have so that they can be able to uh, build their wealth as well as grow passive income. And so when you talk about investors, you know, how did you start to build up your, your investor base and how did you start yeah. to create those meaningful relationships with them? Such a great question. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people feel that, you know, if you have a good deal, you know, investors are just going to come. And it, it doesn't really work that way. So 
Uh, it's a process of educating. So one, building the podcast, that was the first part of building my platform, my educational platform was a podcast. These days, in addition to the podcast, I also do write weekly blogs. I also do a weekly video content that I'll post either on Facebook or on my YouTube channel or both. And then getting out there on other podcasts, being a guest, being able to add value to the audiences of other podcasters, and then getting out there to meetups, you know, going to meetups, talking to investors, sharing knowledge um, are, you know, some of the things that enable me to then build uh, my investor list. And through that, people who know me see, see the content on social media. And if they're interested, they'll reach out. And then sometimes they'll you know, refer me to someone else who is interested. The other thing that I also do is I have a Facebook group. So it's the Level Up Passive Investor Group. And that enables, as I'm meeting people who are like, wow, like I would really like to learn more about like, you know, real estate syndications and stuff like that. I'll say to them, hey, you know, join my group. Like I am, they might not be friends with me on like Facebook but they will feel comfortable joining the group because now that they're in the group, they get all the information. And then I'll also add additional things in my group as well. Awesome. And so for Lisa, for you, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Yeah, um, I would say it has massively impacted my life. I'm very grateful for real estate investing. It has enabled me to have the confidence to build a business that I would not have been able to do otherwise by making those strategic investments. It helps me in terms of having the time to build and then if, or just take time off and not have to worry about it because I do have passive investments that kick off cash flow on the monthly or quarterly basis. And actually, before I, I wanted to ask you too, you know, how did you decide that passive investing was what you wanted to do first before going into the active side of things? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I didn't even know like anything about being an active syndicator. Like I didn't even know like, like it was like, I didn't even see myself. That wasn't even a part of my identity. Like when I was introduced to the deal, it was just like, oh, these are kind of deals that people can invest in. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like this just looks like exactly what I work on for at work. Like it didn't seem any different from what the investments that I worked on for the funds that I was taking care of. So yeah, it wasn't until I continued to get to know her and I then got more and more exposure to syndication. I realized, wow, like these are regular people who are like the general partners on these deals. So yeah, it was a complete change in mindset. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> And what is, what is one thing that you know now about real estate investing that you wish you knew when you first started? I would say what I now know that I wish I knew when I first started is about real estate specifically, I would say, I would say that it's really important to get clear on like how, like what you want real estate to do for you. The earlier you get clear on doing that, um, I feel that you're then able to own and step into your light regarding your path. And that enables you to move further along, along your journey. So for instance, 
real estate investing, syndications. There's so many different roles in the business. So being able to sort of understand your unique abilities and sort of matching that up with the roles that are there and that you feel comfortable and want to play can really supercharge your ability to continue to build your business. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm glad that you said that and like determining your unique abilities. And sometimes, you know, especially when you're getting started, you don't really know what that is, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it's not until you start getting into the rhythm of things and you start to understand more about yourself and understand more about the business. Can you really hone in on what your unique ability is and where you can start to add value? You know, it's funny you say that because, you know, from you saying that, I think what I really, what the, the real answer to your question is, is taking action. The importance of taking action, because by you, the longer you spend noodling on stuff, like you don't get the opportunity to get the feedback you need to determine whether it is the right fit for you anyway. And you spend an entire year analyzing, 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 analyzing. Like for what I mean is like analyzing whether you're going to do a podcast or not, you know, at some point, just go, go do it, you know, and see if you see if it, you like it and see if that works for you. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, if it does, it does like that kind of stuff. Like there are things that you do need to analyze, but like understanding like the process, the balance of when you need to take action and, and analyzing. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? One of the things that you mentioned just now was um, taking action, but is there something else as well? I think taking action for sure. No question. And then number two, I think delegating. Like understand the who, not how is mm-hmm. very powerful. <laughs> it goes hand in hand with taking action because if you're taking action and then you get to a place where you're stuck, it's like, okay. I'm stuck. I need to get a who involved and getting that who involved sooner in the process than later in the process is what I would say. Yeah. Especially because we don't know all the answers. So who can help us get to those answers and who can help us, you know, fill those gaps where we are, where we're lacking in. And so we don't necessarily need to know everything. Exactly. And do you have any tools or techniques that you've used to improve the efficiency of your life or your business that you can share with us today, Lisa? Yeah, totally. So a couple things. One, Calendly. Um, so anyone who is getting ready to start real estate syndication business or just are just trying to manage their life, I think it's so important to have the Calendly. That's so important. The second thing is I've recently read the 12 week year and I would caveat saying read by saying I listened it, listened to it on audible. And for many, they would frown on it, but I'm telling you, I'm so happy I did because I was able to knock that book out in like a day or two. And that enabled me to create a weekly accountability meeting, which then brings me to my point of which that book helped me in terms of creating only three goals for the quarter. Um, and I think this, while it's not like a tool like Calendly, I think it's even more important because so many people have a gazillion goals each quarter, month, year, and it's just lost. And by the time you get to the end of the year, you had all the big goals that you had in the beginning of January are like no longer in sight. 
So I have found that this book is just so good. And here we are at the beginning of July. I have three goals. Two of them are carried over from last, from last quarter. And um, one is a new one for this quarter. But like the tactics might be slightly different. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like constantly bringing to the forefront what you're trying to accomplish this quarter, 930. Yeah, absolutely. One of the quotes that come to mind is, you know, people tend to overestimate how much they can achieve in a year, but they underestimate how much they can achieve in 10 years, you know? And so by getting more clarity and putting those together, those goals, you know, and being able to actionably um, evaluate them and moving them forward and just really getting clear on what your goals are for the year and, you know, Mm -hmm. long-term definitely, definitely, definitely will help. 100%. And so Lisa, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. And if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and your podcast, um, and definitely subscribe to and listen to her podcast, the Level Up REI podcast, definitely um, encourage you guys all to do that. Where's the best place to go, Lisa? Yeah, the best place they can go, one-stop shop, lisahilton.com. And that's Hilton with a Y. So just like the hotel, only thing with a Y. So lisahilton.com. And then I also have a freebie, which is um, a real estate investing, a beginner's guide to investing in real estate syndications. And it's also lisahilton.com forward slash ebook. So super easy. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Lisa. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.